Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com, dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be, helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. So as we authenticate, it gets to be much, much easier because that's the design. The design is, here's this situation called a human life. And it's really hard when you try to swim with your clothes on. So when you figure out how to take them off, you start to enjoy it more. That's your incentive. Hi, it's Joseph. And thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from Clear and Open. What does it mean to live a spiritual life? Well, it begins by recognizing the fact that you don't always know what's good for you. And that can cause the spiritual path to often be confusing. But it's about not finding answers, but being pointed in the right direction. We need to find the edge of where exacting clarity and total abandon meet. Taking your dreams, ambitions, purpose, and at the same time, letting it all go. I offer weekly member webcasts, online courses, and mentorship at clearandopen.com because it's my truth that with the right tools, anyone can eliminate people, money, and time problems holding them back in business and elsewhere. I share parts of these webcasts and courses on this show because I want to help you too. If you're enjoying the show, love your feedback, leave a review. It helps other people find it. If you're interested in becoming a member, you can try it out for 30 days. If you don't like it, I'll give you your money back. That's my guarantee. You can find out more at clearandopen.com. Thanks so much for listening. Appreciate that. Let's start the show. So this is, that to me, that's applied spirituality. There's another distinction um, that we're, we're conditioned to think that spirituality, certainly religion, it's something that happens, you know, once a week in a certain building or something. But when, what does it really mean to live a spiritual life? And to me, in short, it means that you're, you're open to a greater intelligence and you're immediate with the observable fact that you don't necessarily know what's good for you. And that's a tricky situation because, of course, you're responsible for making decisions about what's good for you all the time. And there's no way around that. But there's a, a looser grip that says, well, I'm responsible for all of my decisions about what I do for me, where I go in my life. But can I include some greater wisdom, some greater intelligence? In what way am I guided? In what way is life guiding me? In what way is my own suffering guiding me? And do sometimes counterintuitive decisions make sense, even though it doesn't appear to go with what I think will make me, make me happy? That's the story I tell so often when I had that thought about moving to Maui six, seven years ago. It was just a, a voice appeared in my head, and it, it didn't sound or feel like me. It felt like it came from somewhere else. It just said, why don't you just go to Maui for like five months 
And I mostly had resistance to that, that idea. Most of me was like, no, I, that seems strange and irresponsible and just to pick up and leave. And um, it was so confusing to me. I ran it by some of my friends. I said, what do you think about this? That seemed like a crazy idea. And they were like, no, that seems like a great idea. And it was just sort of a thought that possessed me. It didn't really feel like it was my idea, but it was my decision. I wasn't a victim to it. It was like an idea that was incepted into me. And I was like, all right, I'll go with that. And then what followed was about a year and a half of the deepest, most crushing loneliness I've ever experienced in my life. It was lots of great things too, great weather and swimming in the ocean every day and all that. But it was quite difficult. It was not the vacation I imagined. And I didn't even come back after whatever it was, three, four months after my first sublet ended, I decided to stay. But I was deciding to stay. And at the same time, it felt like something else was giving me the nudge to do it. It was not, didn't really feel like my decision. And it ended up being the exact medicine I needed. Led to me buying this house and Long story, it just ended up being perfect, but it took a good, I mean, to really see that the whole thing was perfect took probably five years. A lot of it was quite confusing and uncomfortable. And what am I doing on this random island in the middle of the ocean? It seems so far away and it was confusing. It didn't make a lot of sense, but at the same time, it felt right. And I think that's encapsulates in some ways what living a spiritual life, that's what it will deliver you to. You will be confused, but you will feel you're on the right path. And I think we have the expectation that we're supposed to like know exactly where we're going. And, you know, all the Tony Robbins and Landmark Education, you know, create your goal and create the plan and follow the plan, right? What's the plan your work, work your plan. It's this very linear kind of thing. The same way we're conditioned to make our resumes look as if we knew exactly what we wanted to be when we grew up, when we were 18. First, I did this, and then this was the most logical next step. And all of the inevitable confusion, we sort of edit out of the resume because we know or we think it's not supposed to look that way. We're not supposed to look as if we don't know where our life is going. And so I would say, You know, it's like there's two edges on a blade and one edge is this is where I'm going and the other edge is I have no idea. And that's that's a spiritual life. All the way personal is I know where I'm going. All the way spiritual is I have no clue. It's out of my hands. Where do those two meet? That's the razor's edge. How do you all the way inhabit your dreams, your desires, your sense of purpose, how do you all the way inhabit that and at the same time let it entirely go? That's a paradox that the mind can't do. Only the soul can do that. And that's why it's such a challenge because the ego cannot do it. It cannot put together, I know And I have no clue because they seem like opposites. But at the level of soul, they're not.
Okay, we're at time here. Any, I can go a few more minutes if you guys have questions, comments. I just have one question. It's way, way back ago, so you probably won't remember. But I thought I heard you say, it's what we want anyway. We all want less connection. Did you say that? If I did, I didn't mean to. Okay, good. <laughs> More like I wrote it down quickly. No, I think I remember all... that. Yeah, connection is what we really want. Okay, good. Yeah, because I, I wrote down, and, oh, I can't have heard that right. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, thanks for asking about that. Would not want to be quoted that way. And when you started talking about Benford's Law, I went right into um, content. I went, well, well, it totally makes sense to me because everything starts with one before it hits two, and two <laughs> before it hits three. And I started trying to figure it out in my head. And I thought, oh, the hell I'm doing. And I took a breath <laughs> and joined you in the conversation again. But it's interesting, really interesting. It really got me thinking. Yeah. It's it's a stunning, Ben Frizzell is a stunning wake-up call in one of the most black and white ones I can think of, of like, yeah, there's an order going on here that is beyond what we can see. Maria, I think I interrupted you. Sorry. Good, Maria. Well, I was just going to comment that, as usual, like, this is, finding this line is, is very um, it's challenging. Yeah. And 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 the emotion around it and the feeling around it that that I've tended to follow, um, that I'm learning I follow too much at times. I'm struggling to navigate. Yeah. So Yeah, you could do a whole another hour talk on, you know, the that very topic, following your feelings. Well, that's the same as your thoughts in some ways, only they're even deeper because true emotion is soulful, I would say. But childhood wounding causes that emotion to express in distorted ways. And it's, that's even more confusing because in any strong emotion, there's going to be a mixture of dead-on truth and possibly serious distortion at the same time. And a strong emotion is never entirely untrue. It may be about something that happened to you 50 years ago and not relevant to right now, but it, but it is true related to what happened 50 years ago. But in the realm of the unconscious, time doesn't operate that way. You know, when we have parts that are still five years old and still think it's 19-whatever, yeah. it, it's very confusing. But, you know, at least this is the only thing really we have to sort out in the end. Not just the emotion thing, but what you said, Maria, about the line. At least that's the only thing there is, because if you can sort out what is the center of soulfulness that is not too personal and not too transcended, what's actually the center, then everything else takes care of itself. It's really funny. It's so simple, right? Right. But if you're too much on the personal I know side, what you're feeling is right is really overweighted that way. Yep. Yeah, no, I'm, yeah. So at least there's not like nine other things you have to sort out in addition to that. I really, I really, 
think, believe, and have experience to the degree I have, but that's it. It's just your soul knows how to navigate being here quite sufficiently, and everything will just fall into place when you're living from that truth. Money, personal love, relationships, everything will just work. And if it doesn't work, it'll be okay that it's not working because you'll see and get why. Because you'll have the meta of like, oh, this is not working because I'm learning such and such lesson. You know, just like imagine you get fired from a job and like, you know, for most people, it takes average of six months or a year to realize that was exactly what they needed to happen. Imagine if you just immediately got all of the ways, like the years worth of learning that it was going to take to realize that that's exactly what needed to happen. Imagine you got all of that wisdom, all of that insight, all of that peace immediately. That's what a soul would do. It seems to me that's how everything it is. That's how wise, that's how intelligent, that's how meta, how conscious, how accepting, all of those loving. It's just, that's it. And so we have those qualities to the degree our soul is coming through us. That's usually, you know, 10 to 30% in the average person. And so it's hard won and rarely found. And so when you get that turned around to being like 70 or 80%, life is a lot easier because this is a good way to finish this maybe because the, this life of ours is not designed for ego. It's designed to sort ego out. So it's like a, Uh, it's like you're not supposed to swim with clothing on. And when you do, it's a real drag, literally, right? If you're swimming with clothing on, it's like, oh man, I feel like I'm half drowning and I'm scared the whole time and I can't move very quickly. Yeah, it's because you're not supposed to swim with clothing on. And so life is a drag when we're living it significantly as ego or shadow or whatever you want to call it, as anything less than significantly authentic us. So as we authenticate, it gets to be much, much easier because that's the design. The design is, here's this situation called a human life, and it's really hard when you try to swim with your clothes on. So when you figure out how to take them off, you start to enjoy it more. That's your incentive. Now, you can flail around and complain about how hard it is, but you actually have the ability to take those sopping wet clothes off. So while instead of complaining about all these clothes dragging you down, why don't you take them off? But I've always worn these, but this is who I am. But what will it be like without it? I've never swum without clothes on before. Uh Uh-huh, 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 I know. So how how close do you have to get to drowning before you'll take it off? This is the question life is asking all of us all the time. Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the clear and open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then, know that clear and open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. If you want to help the show grow, I'd appreciate you leaving a rating and review on iTunes. All you have to do is open the Apple Podcasts app, view the full description of the episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review. 
or you can go to clearandopen.com slash review and it will bring you to the right place. If you're looking for more support on your journey, head over to clearandopen.com for even more tools, articles, and free resources. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now.